and welcome to Survival Dispatch's edition of the Gray Man Briefing. In this podcast series, we're going to look back at events that have occurred over the past couple of weeks. The intent here is to deliver curated news and intel on underreported stories, those delivered with bias elsewhere, and any sort of trend or incident that affects the everyday civilian's freedoms, rights, security, or ability to self-sustain. This means we look at legal updates to the Second Amendment, censorship, government overreach, supply chain disruptions, civil unrest, and more. In this episode, we're just providing the bottom line up front, or the bluff. In short, it's a concise summarization of the full briefs, which are delivered in greater detail at graymanbriefing.com. That's gray with an A. There you'll get news, analysis, sources, and more delivered via the Signal and Telegram apps, along with a weekly email. Anyway, let's get right into it. And as a way of introduction, this is Wesley from Super Essie Straps. I'll be doing your readout of the past few weeks' briefs. And since we're on the topic, let's move over into border security. As everyone knows, Title 42 ended there around May 11th. The White House sent out about 1,500 U.S. Army and Marine troops to assist not in securing the border, but in processing the expected influx of illegal immigrants. Leading up to the ending of Title 42, there were multiple days of 10,000-plus entering the U.S. per day. After Title 42 ended, the expected influx, there was still you know, near record numbers, but it wasn't what a lot of people were projecting. I think they were trying to be ready for 18,000 coming a day, and it dropped below 10,000. Still, uh, in El Paso, they extended their declaration of an emergency over that border crisis. The city itself was seeing 500 people enter a day. Officials there in El Paso were actually out handing leaflets, telling people, look, go back to any sort of NGO, go back to any of our migrant shelters, you will not be deported, you'll face no uh, repercussions, we just can't handle you here. Um, we're seeing cities overran, and you're seeing a lot about New York right now. They're converting hotels into shelters. They've converted, I want to say it was 20 different high schools um, into shelters, including you know schools that are still in session. There was cartel activity right there on the far Reynosa International Bridge, shooting back and forth. And we just a couple of days ago, we saw an Afghan national on the terror watch list uh, make it into the U.S., so things are still popping off at the border, and we'll give you an update on the next podcast. And moving over into our censorship brief, let's look at Brazil. The courts there have banned the Telegram app. This is the private messaging app. They say that the app has refused to comply with judicial orders to suspend and delete accounts spreading what the government deems to be disinformation and election interference. Furthermore, the courts have said that Telegram failed to comply with the request to share users' data with the Fed or the federal government. And back in the U.S., the president of Thomas Jefferson University, who's also an immunologist, faced internal investigations and defamation by mainstream media after he engaged, this is liking or clicking hearts, on approximately 30 tweets on Twitter that described, quote, gender reassignment surgery as child mutilation, and those that questioned the effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines. 
Keeping in line with social media, TikTok will employ independent fact-checking partners in a new campaign to counter what the social media outlet and scientific consensus determines to be misinformation related to climate change. The enforcement of, quote, content denying the existence of climate change or the factors that contribute to it, end quote, was announced on Earth Day. And let's shift into our cybersecurity briefing. Killnet, a pro-Russian hacking collective, They've claimed responsibility for an attack on defense.gov. This is the U.S. Uh, Defense Department, their actual website. They've also claimed responsibility for an attack on NATO assets. We, uh, we dig more into this on the briefing. Again, I don't want to go into too much detail for time here. Also, another cybersecurity incident. Going back to Texas, also dealing with that uh, Allentown, Allen Premium Outlets shooting the Dallas Police Department had to conduct a, a warrant service investigation following up on that because apparently the guy's family lives in, in Dallas. Well, a little bit before that, they suffered an ran, a ransom attack, a ransomware attack. It disabled their emergency services, their CAD systems. Officers sitting in their car couldn't access information. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, after it happened, they also found out it affected the fire department's servers, the entire city's servers, payments for the courts weren't able to be processed. They're still recovering from this. Things are still affected there. But for at least two weeks, you know, police officers in the area couldn't access their CAD, their MBT, and, and use the services there because of this ransom, ransomware attack. It's a royal, if you're familiar much with this, it was a royal ransomware. And moving over to our economic brief. The U.S. federal government has reached its $31.4 trillion debt limit. This happened in January, and they're expected to default in just a few days on June 1st. This is if the budget agreement is not agreed to or reached. Multiple outcomes exist, including invoking the 14th Amendment, a constitutional crisis, an economic catastrophe. Uh, these extraordinary measures that are already in use are failing. Uh, jobs would be lost. This is about 0.5 million a week. This is if we default. The U.S. economy would contract by about 0.6% per week, compounding weekly. The House's spending bill, if it's not accepted, which it doesn't look like they're willing to budge, we are looking like there will be a default. Next up is our educational system brief in Florida. They have passed a law requiring high school students to receive instruction in managing taxes and bank accounts. This is SB 1054. And let's talk about the bus driver shortage. For three years, school bus driver shortages have continued to plague school districts and parents often leaving children stranded in school. A couple of examples for you. In Kansas, one district cut 10 bus routes, forcing 700 students to find alternative transportation. In Texas, Iowa, Kentucky, and many other places, unfilled driver positions are being filled by teachers, coaches, and admin staff. They've also been counseling bus routes as well. In Vermont, some districts are operating at just 60% staffing for school bus drivers. In Indiana, multiple school districts have closed in-person school learning to shift to e-learning because there are not enough bus drivers, especially after some call out sick, to be able to pick up kids and bring to school. In North Carolina, last-minute notifications are being sent out as little as 30 minutes before school lets out or school starts, alerting parents there's no bus driver for their route. This situation is ongoing. You can read more about it, again, at graymanbriefing.com. And let's get into our health and safety briefing. 
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, their Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance System found that 24.5% of U.S. high school students identify as LGBTQ. The report compiled 2021 data reflects 11% increase in those identifying or those minors identifying as LGBT compared to the 2015's findings. The new report shows that 12.2% identified as bisexual, 5.2% were questioning. Well, I won't go too much into it, but the gist is they're saying more and more minors are identifying as LGBT. On March 20th, a correspondence with the FDA and Good Meats, they found out that Good Meats is now good. What is Good Meats? This is the one that's making lab-grown cultured chicken foods, along with other type of chicken foods. But they get cells and cultures. They make fake meat out of it. They process it in a vat. They cut it into slabs. So as it stands, it, ha it now has FDA approval for humans to eat it. It only needs the USDA approval, and you'll start seeing it, this lab-cultured, grown, fake meat. You'll start seeing it in grocery stores and in restaurants. Separately, the FDA has issued a warning to citizens that approximately 500,000 COVID-19 test kits pose, quote, safety concerns and bacterial contamination, end quote, risk to the consumers using them. The FDA said that there are significant concerns of bacterial contamination in the pilot COVID-19 at-home test liquid solution. This can cause infection, fever, discharge, red eyes, and other concerning symptoms, as well as, quote, false test results, end quote. And in North Carolina, the governor had his veto overturned. This is dealing with SB 20, the bill that bans most abortions after 12 weeks. The state previously banned abortions after 20 weeks. The new bill requires women wanting an abortion to meet in person with a physician at least 72 hours before the procedure. The bill does have exceptions for rape, incest, and fetal anomalies. Let's get into our infrastructure briefing. On May 2nd, Verizon customers in California experienced a statewide outage for what appeared to be about 30 minutes, maybe up to an hour. Impacted customers, they were unable to make calls or use their cellular services due to a, quote, routing issue. And in Minnesota, the Metro Transit authorities alerted citizens that all light rail services were suspended due to a critical communications error. Finally, in Wisconsin, there was a train derailment, derailment on the Lansing Bridge. This is the one uh, there in Ferryville, Wisconsin. FEMA, Wisconsin Emergency Management, they all responded. We looked into this for a few days because um, this, is, this is the one where the train cars, the rail cars actually spilled over into the Mississippi River. I haven't looked at it lately, but last I looked, they never announced what was in those those rail cars, so it may be something to look into further. This actually happened on April 27th, and I still haven't found a good update on it. And let's move into our major crime briefing. In California, the governor has ordered the California National Guard to coordinate with law enforcement. This is the police department there, the DA's office, and the highway patrol in order to combat crime within the city. Specifically, they're looking at the fentanyl trafficking crisis. Looking back at another major crime event uh, dealing with border security, a mass murderer who killed five people. This is the one who killed his neighbors after they complained on him for firing a rifle next door. Uh, this happened in Texas. He's been identified as an illegal immigrant from Mexico. 
He was deported from the U.S. twice in 2009. Then he made it back in and was deported again in 2012. He made it back in. He was deported again in 2016. He re-entered the U.S. through unsecured borders after each deportation. The suspect was arrested back in May, on May 2nd after that four-day manhunt. We've also covered the other um, mass casualty event there in Texas at the Allen Premium Outlets. This is the one where he killed eight people and injured seven other. They immediately called him a white supremacist. Obviously, he's an Hispanic. All the evidence of his white supremacy is coming from a Russian social media page. We're not going to go too deep into this one. Again, we've covered um, his ideologies, his motives on our service at greatmanbriefing.com, but it's literally just too much to go into detail here on the podcast. Also in Texas, a man drove a vehicle into at least 13 people in Brownsville, Texas. Seven were killed. Six or 11 were injured. Uh, the driver was arrested and is identified as a Hispanic male. The man drove the vehicle up on the curb towards the crowd at a bus station, frequently used by illegal immigrants and lawful migrants and other locals. There was a shelter there, apparently. And moving into our national security and national defense brief, a human military source revealed that the U.S. military is planning for a kinetic war with China by 2025. Uh, military draft is also expected. This is going to obviously include civilians, but surprisingly enough, also those on IRR or NNRPS, those who recently got out of the military and are not obligated to come back in, along with those who are still in their individual ready reserve. So this is a major thing, a draft potential by 2025. They've also okayed a four-week basic training for the Navy, focusing on just basic combat. And Biden has authorized $500 million in arms to be sent to Taiwan. China responded saying they'll smash any U.S. This is a quote, smash any U.S. attempt to interfere. Also, the CIA has set up a telegram channel specifically to reach out to individuals in other countries, primarily Russia, if they want to inform the agency on anything going on in their countries. Separately, in Wyoming, and also kind of California, 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate have gone missing. This is according to a May 10 report made by the Federal National Response Center. An explosive company, Dino Notable, was carrying these, I think it's like 3 tons, 30 tons? Yeah, 30 tons of explosive material, um... They put it in the car, the rail car in Wyoming on, what, April 12th. Then on April 26th, they discovered it. it's missing. They don't know where it is. The, the rail car is empty. The seal is still there. It hasn't been broken. They're investigating right now. But keep in mind, ammonium nitrate, this is commonly used in explosives. It's owned by an explosive company that's reported it missing. This is the same stuff that was used in the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995 and that major incident in Lebanon where 200 people were killed, 7,000 injured back in 2020, I think it was. And let's get into our supply chain briefing. Starting in California, a historic winter season of 500 plus inches of snow, primarily in California's Central Valley, are raising flooding risk to major urban areas to include Sacramento and Fresno. Flood damage to nearby farms could further impact the supply of almonds, grapes, pistachios, poultry, milk, cattle, garlic, and tomatoes. Jumping over to Nebraska, 
In response to low inventories and outages of fuel and local supply, the governor has issued an executive order allowing tanker truck drivers to work extended hours to haul gasoline or gasoline blends like diesel, fuel oil, ethanol, propane, and biodiesel. Similar orders were issued back in February and December of last year in order to aid the high demand of petroleum products that have seen delays at terminals and endpoint stations. Finally, in our supply chain, climate modeling has predicted a 24% decrease of corn crops along with a 17% increase of wheat crop yields, which could be impacting us as early as 2030. So today we're going to end with our civil unrest briefing. I just want to give everyone a quick notice. We left out our government overreach and government oversight briefings for this, this series, this podcast. I think next time we're going to do a specific episode that will cover both of those just because there's so much that the Gray Man Briefing has covered on overreach and oversight. We can't fit it into this episode. So our next episode will primarily cover just overreach and oversight. Let's finish today with civil unrest. In Georgia, the Fulton County District Attorney has disseminated a security awareness letter to local law enforcement, warning them that there may be a need for heightened, this is quote, heightened security and preparedness, pending an announcement of indictments related to the 2020 election inquiry involving President Trump and his allies. That case that she's looking at um, is that phone call that Trump made to the governor's office back in 2020. The DA is expected to impanel a grand jury using findings from a special grand jury to bring charges against Trump. This will happen as early as July 11th or as late as September 1st. The DA advised law enforcement that alleged OSINT intelligence indicated an announcement of these charges, quote, may provoke a significant public reaction. So these next couple of topics, I'm literally just going to give the bottom line up front. Hopefully I give you enough that if you want to look more into it, you can find it online. Of course, we cover each one of these events in greater detail on the Gray Man Briefing. I'm going to get right into it. It's going to be short and sweet for each little event. Christians were arrested for preaching in Canada. LGBT activists vandalized a Utah lawmaker's home and surrounded the Montana House chambers opposing the two states' bills that banned gender-affirming surgeries for minors. There, seven were arrested. Three Antifa and BLM affiliates were arrested for assault while counter-protesting a drag story hour at a pizza bar in Texas. Anti-child grooming activists protested against drag story hour in California. Families of victims of COVID-19 vaccine deaths postered, this is where they stick up leaflets on the wall, they postered a CBC building in Canada. Extinction Rebellion and climate activists shut down traffic ahead of the White House Correspondents' Dinner in D.C. Specifically, they, they all like, like just went all over the Georgia Washington Memorial Parkway, blocking cars from passing. In Florida and Georgia, Antifa assaulted House representatives, and they doxed a stop cop city-involved officer. Patriot Front protested in Massachusetts against uh, SatanCon 2023, LGBT activists forcibly were, they were forcibly removed after protesting a ban on gender-affirming surgeries while disrupting the Texas Senate. In New York City, protests and riots are ongoing after the, uh, the veteran, the Marine, I believe it was a Marine, I'll double-check that, but the, that military veteran who 
put a erratic man into a chokehold that allegedly led to his death there on the subway. Um, the man is the one that's been arrested 40-plus times, at least three assaults on the subway, kidnapping a seven-year-old child, and he's been laid to rest in, a, I think, an ivory and gold um, coffin with, you know, everyone coming out to, to support, you know, the criminal that was killed. And meanwhile, the veteran has been arrested after these protests calling for his arrest. Went in a little too much on that one, but that's okay. Um, in Columbus, Ohio, Nazis are now protesting an outdoor drag show event there at the Land Grant Brewery. Anti-police criminals in Kentucky vandalize a monument honoring falling officers. Again, Patriot Front marched in D.C. against, quote, tyranny. Gun control activists that were out uh, canvassing the neighborhood, passing out uh, political flyers against gun usage, against the Second Amendment. Uh, two of these people, two of these gun control activists ended up shooting each other. And in Nebraska, pro-choice and LGBT activists gathered at the state capitol protesting the Let Them Grow Act. This is the bill that bans abortions and gender-affirming care. They disrupted proceedings, threw tampons on the ground, assaulted officers. Six people were arrested. And finally, in Minnesota, Muslim activists rioted in support of their politician that was running for the city council there. Uh, there were at least two injuries, and the proceedings had to be canceled, and an emergency meeting was scheduled. And that's it for the edition of Gray Man Briefing on Survival Dispatch. Thanks for listening, and next week we're going to cover government oversight and government overreach. Take care, be safe, and stay ready.